bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, you should die. That'll be enough before we get struck. Hey, everybody! You really caught me off guard there with that intro. Why did I do Dr. Nick? Hi, what we love dad movies. Hey everyone, what's up? It's me, Ewan. It's also Zan. I'm on a mission from Gadden. Oh, that's really good, because it's your last name. Because that's my surname, yeah. yeah Hello. Yeah. <laughs> hey everyone, uh, it's a continuation of Summer Vibes this week. The sun is out. We're, it's, it's a great kind of... Well, it's actually been very wet and drizzly in Newcastle. But we had sun this afternoon. We did have sun this afternoon. Uh, and then for the past, you know week or so i've been to 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 zan can attest but in a big blues brothers mood i got a fever and the only prescription is blues brothers see i was funny there because i did an snl skit and this is an snl based movie that's very good yeah you brought it back yeah to the future yeah yeah um so <laughs> the, the soundtrack has been in my head all week and when i initially planned out the summer vibe season blues brothers wasn't on there but then i was like Blues Brothers is a summer movie. Came out in the summer. Your parents loved Blues Brothers. My parents bloody love Blues Brothers. But they never showed but it But they to never you. showed it to me. I had to go and seek it out myself. And it's become one of my ultimate feel-good, favourite comfort movies. I put this thing on and nothing bad is happening. It's just a great, wonderful time. And I thought, you know what? Seeing as I'm in a big Blues Brothers mood and it was a movie that you tolerated having on in the living room and wanted to watch as well... Uh, it made sense to do it. So we're here today to talk about The Blues Brothers, which came out in 1980, of course directed by John Landis, uh, written by Dan Aykroyd along with Landis, and also starring the late John Belushi. Um, yeah, Blues Brothers. Uh, Zan, was this one that I introduced to you? Uh, I believe you did introduce it to me. Um, the last time I watched it would have been in November 2020. Around the dark times. Um, in the dark times. And I, it was in my periphery, like I knew of its existence and I knew it was a cult classic. Um, but I had never consumed it and I didn't realise until I watched it there's so many songs either came from this movie or grew in popularity because of this movie it's a um for those that maybe don't don't know the blues brothers is essentially a musical um it guest stars so many like incredible blues and jazz and funk and soul artists you've got james brown you've got aretha franklin cab calloway oh ray, my god ray charles, charles. Yeah. uh apparently shaka khan's in this as well she's one of the choir singers uh, oh god who else uh john lee hooker yeah um you have other cameos from like uh john candy um <laughs> steven spielberg steven which spielberg. i have like, I, I bear in mind I've seen this movie like since I first watched it like 12 years ago I've seen this movie like eight times this is the first time that I actually was like Steven, Steven? Spielberg has a, has a cameo in this at the end of the movie uh, Sammy Fra- Fableman himself Frank Oz oh, um, yeah. uh, Twiggy uh, <laughs> and of course Carrie Fisher oh, there is God, so bless, yeah. so many people in this movie and uh, it's no surprise it cost 
quite a lot of money uh, when it came out. Um, it was like a cool 27 million, which for the early 80s is quite a lot. The way you said cool 27 million then cool made me think of uh, 80s guy from Futurama. Made a cool 5 mil foot on the stock market. Uh, my bone iris. Um, yeah. But um, it cost a hell of a lot of money, and watching the movie, you can definitely tell why, um, for the amount of stunt work that is also in this movie. They just destroy so many cars. Just a mall? Let's just drive around yeah, the mall. Um, but it's okay, because then it went on to be one of the highest grossing movies of that year, so, to a lot of people's surprise. It's interesting, this, because like the Blues Brothers obviously existed before the Blues Brothers movie. It came about from the original SNL cast, that legendary cast comprised of Aykroyd, Belushi, Chevy Chase. Uh, You know, it it came from that era. And, like, it was essentially because Aykroyd was really into blues music. He was like, I want to do blues stuff, and Belushi was into it as well. Mm -hmm. So the Blues Brothers basically became a big excuse for them to be like, hey, let's do the blues. And And they became a massive band. And they... they the, the band that is in the movie, that is the band they toured with. Like, yeah. that, that is the Blues Brothers. That is the band. Like, they, they had huge success before the movie came out. You know, it's such a cool... I I bloody love Dan Aykroyd, right? And I think it's because as an actor, writer, performer, whatever you want to call him, he wears his heart on his sleeve all the time. And every single... Well, most things that I've seen him do, it's like, I, I love it when you get to show your passion on the screen, whether it's Blues Brothers, whether it's Ghostbusters, you know? It's like, it's so thoroughly him. And Blues Brothers, it's like, you can tell that up there with, like, aliens and supernatural conspiracy theories, yeah. his other big love is music. Yeah. And this movie is just love for music, for the craft, what music can do for us, what it can do to us. It is a beautiful celebration of just niceness and goofiness as well and catholicism one could argue do you see the light <laughs> yes <laughs> i see the light i can't do backflips so i can't I jump that around bit. maybe i would go to church if all churches were led by james brown where they're going Whoa! yeah <laughs> i think that is I, I would definitely be a religious man if if James Brown was leading the congregation, absolutely. Yeah, one thing I will I will say about this movie that was quite interesting rewatching it is that I don't I I, I as I always am on this pod, um, the Debbie Downer. I did not like it as much as you. It hits different for you, it and is, that's great. Yeah, the the reason why I enjoy it so much um, is that. It gets so Looney Tunes at multiple points. And... <laughs> the, bit, the bit where the, the goddamn Illinois Nazis, the bit at the end of the final car chase where they trick them into going over the incomplete uh, freeway. I was, I was going to go into that later. <laughs> yeah. but, um, we can. I just there, there, I know that bit made you laugh so much. There's, there's so many parts of this movie that is very Looney Tunes and other parts that... It's not self-serious, but um, in the sense that Jake and Elroy, who are the two... Uh, not Elroy, um, Elwood. I'm Elwood. Think, I'm thinking LA Confidential. You're thinking uh, of James Elwood. Yeah. That would be a way uh, different Jake, movie. Jake and Elwood, who are the two the two brothers, um, they, do, they do kind of treat themselves as very self-serious. There's a bit where they're um, asking this woman to find the location of their old bandmates, and they're like, are you, are you two police officers? No, ma'am, we're musicians. <laughs> um and there's some parts of this movie the comedy is very dry and deadpan like even the opening scene where you're you're showing jake um leaving the prison for the first time um it's done in such a dry way and then you've got frank oz (laughs) there is the correct one prophylactic one soiled (laughs) (laughs) it's a great time um there's a lot of this movie where the humor is like so deadpan and dry that it does feel like 
nocturnal whiplash is maybe a bit too hard hard to say but um it's got various different types of humor and you can tell it's written in a very snl type way um and i can say like if it didn't have these incredible musical numbers and um, a lot of them you know re-recorded for this movie and some great choreography um i wouldn't like it as much as i do well that's but fair because so the much, music is the, is there's the core so part much of it. love that goes into it like if you're looking at the basic premise the premise is that um jake gets out of prison um, after three years after three years they go back to visit um the orphanage they grew up in and the the penguin uh, the lead nun. <laughs> you, wanna go, you gotta go see the penguin. The lead nun um, who uh, runs this place. She's basically like, oh, we owe five thousand dollars to the to Steven Spielberg. To Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Is, 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 he's bleeding us dry, man. You gotta help yeah. us. Essentially, to Steven Spielberg, um, to the state or whatever. Um, and so they're like, well, well, they go. To, they speak to uh, Cab Calloway, who is Curtis. A, a, is he a janitor for the orphanage? Yes, he's a janitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna and play. he's the guy in Blues Brothers lore. He's the he guy who taught them the blues. He introduced them to blues music, and he's and he's like, um, you know, you you guys do need to be more religious. You should go to this spiritual, this banging, this banging church down the road led by James Brown. And they go, and Jake has a has an epiphany, and he's like, we need to get the band together to raise five thousand dollars to put back into um we're on a mission from gad and so it means they're on a mission from gad um and that's the basic plot is them going from place to place finding their old bandmates having a musical number here and there and eventually they get a really big gig where they raise all the money and Um, it's just great because it it, i think a a more cynical brain would look at this movie and go it's all awfully convenient but it just goes from scene to scene (laughs) but like honestly if anyone watches this film and doesn't just massively pop for these Two little music nerds filling out an entire stadium full of people after Dan Aykroyd lands himself a date with Twiggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and and Carrie Fisher has nearly killed them multiple times. Um, but where, is, where is the soul? It's beautiful. It's just absolutely a gorgeous in movie. What, and what, it's also beautifully shot. In what other movie would you go from one scene where Aretha Franklin is just girl bossing the entire time <laughs> swiftly going straight into another musical number another scene with fucking Ray Charles I, like Ray Charles I love that like, bit as well because she just absolutely sings the house down and he's just like well see ya <laughs> I'm going back to bed and it's like you did her so dirty but yeah the film is absolutely gorgeous and I have to say because you brought up the uh, the intro earlier on uh, I do have to say that I think the first five ten minutes of this film might be some of the best five it's, it's one of my favorite openings of all time. I think it's beautifully paced, gorgeously shot. Everything from um, you know hiding Belushi yeah. to him going onto the thing. But he know. leans, has to stand yeah. on the line at the correct. And you lean in on the. And on... he he has to yeah they lean in on his knuckles so he has his the, name the tattoo, tattoo yeah. And he has to, he's not allowed to step over the line so he just leans yeah. over to sign the um to sign the um yeah. thing and he just writes an X so it's and like, then Ooh. and then you have. Um, Elwood outside waiting for With him. With the blues mobile. And it's like that gorgeous bit of light behind mm. um, behind him and it's just, uh, oh, it's just and it's been so silent good. up to this point and then they come face to face and the music just and then it oh, swells. She caught the KD. Like again they both yeah. appear on screen yeah, it's, like it's, it's just. And they hug and it's Mwah. Oh that hug. Oh my god sorry. I, this film kind of like like it is just so beautiful. 
whole uh, fried chickens in a diet it, coke. Is it like three whole chickens, or is it five chickens? Four, four whole chickens yeah. in a diet coke. I am ashamed to say, listeners, at some points in my life, I have indeed enjoyed a dry piece of toast. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt very cold out the first time I watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then like you, you have that from that from that opening. It just goes. It doesn't. There's not a moment of the film that really kind of is dull to me. The entire exercise is just so beautiful. It, it and it does get what, as I said before, it gets so wild, like out of nowhere, seemingly, where they're driving and they um, speed past this um, bridge that's high-level bridge that's lifted Oh, yeah, up. you don't like the new... You don't like the new... Ca- t- tell me what, it's just the Where'd new... Where'd you sell the field? caddy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they zoom over and dramatically crash down because it's a, it's an old police car. It's got cap brakes, cap suspension, cap motor. They were practically giving them away. <laughs> I, I don't know why I went into Tony Soprano there. <laughs> um, and they just casually, they're both casually like, yeah, this is a pretty solid car. And there's plenty of moments like that. Um, we mentioned Carrie Fisher. She is the mystery woman who is seemingly tracking them down and trying to kill them in the most ridiculous ways. She's there, like, painting her nails, and then she's reading a book on, like... Like, flamethrowers, flamethrowers. and, like, army ordnance and stuff. But you see her, like, pull up outside of this um, this hotel that Elwood's basically Hotel for in. men, yeah, yeah. And she's looking at it, and she's smoking a cigarette, and then she just casually, like in that bit in Batman the Animated Series, she just pulls out a fucking bazooka yeah. and just pulls it over and shoots. And then they're just they're like and they, they don't just, even acknowledge it yeah every time she nearly kills them they barely acknowledge it there's a bit later where she Blows tries up. to blow them up in a in a phone booth and then they have no money and when they the phone booth's blown up they like pull themselves out of the glass and like hey i reckon there's about seven dollars a change in here <laughs> just, like, I was, it was that bit and also the bit where they're leaving the hotel as john candy and the other the other cops are coming in to find them <laughs> and then they're just getting out like they destroy the entire building and then they go and they should talk about the practical effects here because like the the amount of cars that, that they fuck up in this film, I would film. say like f- at least fifty, maybe more, at least so fifty much, cars they wreck in this so, movie. So forty to fifty feral cars getting absolutely messed up in this yeah. movie, and the mall chases I've seen. Like I love how it's all real. They're just there going around the mall, and Elwood is the most amazing getaway driver ever. And they're just casually again pointing out stores that are like, oh, that's new. Yeah. Just driving around all the, just driving around in a mall. And the cops, of course, follow them in. Why? The use of unnecessary violence in apprehending the Blues Brothers has been approved. Yeah. (laughs) I love that so much. And you've got this, like, buddy cop duo who, like, are there, and they're like, I'm gonna get those Blues Brothers if that's the last thing I do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, we should probably talk about, go through a little bit of, like, the beat. But I feel like usually we go for a more scattergood approach here, but for the purpose of this movie, because every scene is so distinct and clear, I think it makes sense to go in, sort of in order and just go through yeah. it. Because I like, I think there's every, there's, there's stuff in every moment and beat in this film that I really, like, enjoy talking about. So after, you know, they've uh, <laughs> they've they've left the hotel and I've, I've set on getting the band back together, they, they've all gone... This. Well, most of them have gone this way. Some of them have stayed together with Magic Murph and the uh, Undertones, is it? Uh, Magic Murph? Murph, and, Murph the... and the Magic Tones. Murph and the Magic <laughs> Tones, that's it. Um, and <laughs> Mr. Fabulous, who is a major D at a fancy restaurant. Mm-hmm. So they have to go and, and recruit them. Um, so yeah, they go and find Murph and the Magic Tones at like, a lounge and they're doing like Spanish music. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they talk about you know what why Jake went to prison because mm-hmm. he was holding up the gas station to to get him the dough to mm-hmm. then move on, um, and <laughs> then they get Mister Fabulous 
And I love that bit so much because it's really, uh, it's really Jake who leads the way. And then Elwood's just like, eh, sure. So he works in this fancy restaurant now and he's like, absolutely not. Please leave. I'm not joining the band again. Mm-hmm. So like, all right. And so they just sit down and just cause a scene. They're like, give us 10 shrimp cocktails and your and finest, your finest sh- champagne. Um, so yeah, we have the bit where Mr. Fabulous finally caves in. Which After is like, we will eat here every breakfast, single day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and then we get the, the stuff where... <laughs> the Nazis. Yeah, so alongside them running from the law, because It's basically Jake... about the Blues Brothers making so many enemies along the way, but they can't be stopped. Because as the poster says, they're on a mission from gas. So the, the plot of this movie is that they're trying to raise this money, get the band back together, save the orphanage. Um, but around that, there are multiple enemies that they make that are chasing them down you have carrie fisher as um a mystery woman who we find out later is jake's ex- former flame an ex-girlfriend fiance a fiance yes who we left at the altar you have the the cops because um, elroy El- elwood's got like uh, multiple <laughs> offenses yeah yeah and he got pulled over um and they find his record and so they're trying to chase him down and that leads to the um chase in the in the mall you have the Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Who are just a group of local, um, well, not Illinois even, Nazis. Not even neo Nazis. They're Illinois Nazis. Yeah. Um, and they're having a demonstration on the boost. They're causing a traffic jam, so they're trying to get a move on, recruit the brand. But these Nazis are in the way. So, so what does Elwood do? Like, I'm gonna just fucking go for them, and then they get caught in the in the river, and then from that point on. The Nazis use their connections in the police department to try and track try them and down. down. Um, and then, <laughs> oh man, it's just great. I love, I love it when movies clown on Nazis like this because mm. they, they, they're just dumb. The, the Nazis do get clowned a lot. Like they have, like this guy is like fully devoted to the bit. Not only has he got the brown shirt on, um, he's also got like a Luger mm. <laughs> and like a car that is painted red with like white power fucking stickers on the side mm-hmm. and shit. And he just gets owned repeatedly. He's there painting a little eagle on his desk. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, after that point, uh, when they get through there, we go to um, Aretha, Frank- Aretha Franklin's bit. Um, and it's just... That scene is fantastic. It's a fun little time, yeah. I, I love the bit before where they go in and it's... Um, oh, who's playing outside? What's his name? Uh, is it... Uh, is it John Lee Hooker? It's John Lee Hooker is outside, yeah. And um, yeah, they go inside and they have to recruit. Um, oh, what's this? Is it Mad Guitar Man? Mad- yeah, it is. There we go. I was thinking of um, yeah, it is Matt Murphy. <laughs> oh, Howlin' Mad Murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so they go to recruit him. You have that great chickens bit. Yeah, yeah. He's like, please, baby, I want to join the band, and she's like, you better think before you do that. Think, as in the song think you better think yeah it goes into that you know um she's there with her little fluffy yellow lo- uh fluffy pink loafers mm. trotting around i love um I, I do feel that is maybe the one scene that's choreographed a little weakly but, i have i have justification for this but it's great though because midway through jake and l would <laughs> get up midway through and join the dance and then casually sit back down again it's i much- would love to see this set piece on stage yes. in like a Blues Brothers musical. Oh my God, I, think, yeah. I think this this sequence would look a lot better 
in person than it the way it is framed. What I like movie. about this is like <laughs> with Matt Murphy and uh, Jake and Elwood, the mute they they don't agree with the argument being made here. But they're just there. But it's so goddamn <laughs> it's infectious. Like the, it's like the Jay Z meme where he's bobbing his head confused. <laughs> yeah. Like it's basically that. But I do very much enjoy their little choreography they get midway between, and then they just casually sit down and continue yeah. watching. And then as we said earlier, Matt is just like, "Well, goodbye." And she's like, "Well, damn." Or or more accurately, she goes. Shit. <laughs> and then, um, oh, who's the other guy in the chicken restaurant here? It's the most amazing hair. And he's on the saxophone. Oh, he, he goes with them. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Guy, yeah. Well, he's like, go on, now get. And he's like, yippee! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can play my sax. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. Um, and then. And then we have, which I always go back and forth on, like, what is my favorite music number in this? Because mm. I love um, everybody, obviously. Mm-hmm. Needs somebody. And, and Mini the Moocher is a banger as well. But Shake Your Tail Feather mm-hmm. with Ray Charles mm-hmm. is beautiful. So he runs a music shop. Ray's. Um, and they come in because they need new gear. They've basically got all the band members back at this point. Yeah, everyone's back. The band's back together. Um, there's a child that tries to steal um, a guitar in the shop and he gets quickly shot at by Ray Charles. And it turns and out... And you know who that kid grew up to be? <laughs> Argyle <laughs> in Die Hard. Whoa! The, the kid who drives the limousine? Mm-hmm. Wow! <laughs> they need to do that more Troy McClory. And do you know who that kid grew up to be? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this this Ray scene is just fucking brilliant. It the, can't, yeah, <laughs> they're like, ah, oh, this piano. I don't think you can charge this much. And Ray Charles is like, hmm, I think I can. Let me come over here and play my song. Yeah, it's a great time. I heard about the fella you've been dancing with. Yeah, it's a great time. The neighborhood. I, what, I, what I like about this sequence, I guess, more than the Aretha Franklin one, again with the spacing and the choreography, is that they have this big like dance troupe outside that they film mm-hmm. doing all the different dance moves interchanged with the stuff inside the music shop so it makes it a lot more vibrant and a lot more stuff is ha- is happening and that's why it's so joyous you know yeah. it, it's such a great little time it's even got the little kids there's a little shot of the kid where oh, it's like do the mashed did. potato and there goes, <laughs> oh my god it's like i this film nick i like i i don't dance nearly enough in my life and you know you do a funky little jig do a little jig, a little prospective the, jig. The the general Ewan um, go to silly dance is the bit at the end of Last Boy Scout. <laughs> he's, he's there doing his little like happy dance because he's killed the terrorists. That's <laughs> basically what it is. Maybe a little bit of like the old Will Smith. Like I was literally about yeah. to say um, a bar that it's like a mixture of that and um, Fresh Prince. It's your go to silly little goofy. Man I just dance. like I like jumping up and down and like shaking Sh- my shaking booty. Your butt, yeah, yeah, it's a great time. So when we were watching this, I, I I did say with full sincerity that if we get married, I feel like we need to learn. Yeah, uh, shaky tail feather and all the choreography from this specific version. Yeah, it's so good. It just makes me so happy. Um and. Bray Charles, man. Fucking legend. Like, so many legends in this film of the screen, stage, and music professions. And Ray is just having a great time mm-hmm. throughout all of this. It's so good. They have one blind joke in there. Yes. There's a great where, where um, they are putting out posters for the gig. And He's he putting it upside down. down. Um, but yeah, like, well, you know. <laughs> he does that whole music number. It's fantastic. The choreography's great. And then um, they're like, well, I guess we'll take it. And then he goes, and naturally, I'll expect an IOU. And they're just like looking at the camera like, <laughs> <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> it's so 
Good. And now, now we're going down the Bob's Country Bunker. <laughs> For the good old boys. I love this scene. So they need so they need gigs, but obviously they haven't sorted anything. So Jake lies. He's like, yeah, we got a gig. We got a gig. We're going to have a gig at Bob's Country Bunker. Yeah, we're here. It says the the good old boys here. That's the good old. That's wrong. That should be tonight exclusively. The Blues Brothers. <laughs> so they basically go in and pretend to be this band. There's a, there is a, one of my favorite lines in here with the lady at the, um, <laughs> the bar where they're like, um, so what kind of music do you normally have in here? And she's like, oh, we play both types of music in here, country and western. <laughs> it's so good. So yeah, the, the bunker starts filling up with all these rowdy country fellas and lasses and in the big trucks, and the big pickups, you know, and the, the they're behind the chicken wire. And they start playing blues, and they're all there, like, basically baying for blood. So, what do they do? <laughs> it's like, anyone know the theme from Rawhide? <laughs> What's the best way we can appease these rednecks? Let's play the theme from Rawhide. Rolling, 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 get those doggies rolling. And yet, they still throw arguably as much beer but it's celebratory at, at the stage as they were when they were angry, but in a happy way. Look, you, I don't know if you've, you've not seen Roadhouse, have you? No. They, they do the same thing for the musician in that. Oh, there you go. But he's having a great time. Um, <laughs> arguably more funny than Rawhide is where they start singing, Sometimes it's hard to be a woman. And I love that their voices kind of break as yeah. they sing it. But I love the Rawhide bit specifically because it's just Elwood leading with the bassy tones. And then... Rat him in! Rat him in! Rat him out! And he just finds, yeah! and he just casually just non finds, finds a whiff on stage and goes, yeah, it's a great time. It's great. I love how state because you think of the Blues Brothers, you think of energy, you think of all this motion around the stage, which obviously you get in the finale. But for this bit, it's just Jake just stood there, arms folded, going, yes. "Run him in, run him out." Yeah. <laughs> they just stood completely still and deadpan. And they're loving it. They're all loving the theme from Rawhide. I mean, what a theme. What a theme. Because one would, one would hope at this point, if you're listening to this part, you have a vague idea for the Blues Brothers. Oh, if you've not watched like... the Blues Brothers and you're listening to me talk about it first, uh, you've made there, some wrong they're, choices. They're there in the shades. They got the hats. They got the black suits. Yeah. Dress yeah, for the Blues. The men in black. Yeah. The black shades. The black... Maybe they were the original men they in black. They are the OG men in black, yeah. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, though, the gig goes quite well. They just, you know, kind of pull it out their ass. And then they were meant to be paid $200 for the gig, but they drank $300 in beer. And so the owner, Bob, ain't too happy about so, that. I'm glad appreciate it. And then they... Um, then the good old boys, for ar- real. Arrive. Um, and uh, they uh, drive and dash, I guess, without, yeah. without paying. And then... Um, the good old boys are trying to chase them down. And one amazing detail you point out that we didn't realize before is that when they're chasing them down in this big um, RV, yeah. there are actually guys in the top bunker looking out the it's window so as they're driving. I think this is the first time I've watched this movie in HD. I like mm. treated myself to a nice cheeky £3.50 Blu-ray from HMV the other week. So this is my first time seeing it in crisp 1080p. Uh, and it's be- it's beautifully shot. Like You also pick up those little details too. But like on a on a visual level, this film looks great. There are some really gorgeous scenes. I think I mentioned the intro, which I think is framed beautifully. Probably the most visually impressive set piece in the movie, except for Mini the Moocher, which is just this gorgeous dreamlike set piece with Cab Calloway. 
Um, but there's also that bit where they cut, we mentioned the scene earlier on where Carrie Fisher is, is looking at the army ordnance manuals. <laughs> she's there But there's that great nails. shot of where the camera's leaning into the... Oh, she's in, she works in a place called Curl Up and Die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like with the neon lights and everything. I'm like, it's a beautiful looking movie. Um, it's so good. And yeah, for basically there, we, we get the whole, you know, uh, their old agent who they threaten with blackmail <laughs> it's like uh how's how's mrs mrs what's her face yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're in <laughs> look how when they're in the sauna together they're both just kind of like they're still in their glasses and their hat and then you after they the guy agrees look i'll promote this gig and get you at this um at this ball palace hotel um it cuts and all the rest of the band are also in the back in towels and they've been there the whole time <laughs> to my favorite visual gags in the movie yeah 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 so They've got the loudspeaker on the Bluesmobile now. They're going around basically advertising the thing. Everyone's getting ready to go and support the Blues Brothers. And everybody who does not like the Blues Brothers, such as the good old boys, Carrie Fisher, the police, and the Nazis all find out, oh, they're playing a gig tonight. I'm gonna go kill them. Relatedly, the Bruise Brothers is a great name for a coffee place that I imagine someone has already taken. I'm sorry I'm slurring because I'm... I'm tired. Oh, it's okay. I just think, I just thought it was a fun. If I if I was into coffee, I'd call myself a bruise brother. Oh, I thought. Oh, you could do it. Bruises in a bruise on your leg. Oh no, I was thinking like bruises in coffee and tea. Yeah, I get. Yeah, but yeah. bruise can mean too. This well, is so really the, riveting. Wait, content. so you think? Wait, so if you were gonna set up a, a business, you'd call it the Bruise Brothers, but with the bruise. So yeah, you, so it's like a, it's like a hired goons. No, it's like a boxing. It's like a boxing um area, like in Rocky. But ha- like hired thing. goons. We're cutting this from the... <laughs> no, let's bring in some hired goons. So, yeah, they've basically got to get to the Palace Hotel, but uh, they've run out of gas. They do run out of gas. Um, which leads to, obviously, the interaction they managed to... <laughs> they're pushing the car. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Palace Hotel is filling up with people. They're pushing the car really quickly. <laughs> yeah, very impressive. They get it to the gas station, but it's all out of gas there. They meet Twiggy. Twiggy agrees to a romantic meet-up with uh, Elwood if, if her date doesn't mm-hmm. pan out. Of course he leaves a... Leaves a dry, leaves a dry. God damn, I mean, he's, he's on a mission from God. I he's on a mission from God, She's got to understand that, you know. Mm-hmm. You knew that when we hooked up, baby... baby. Yeah. <laughs> you were gonna... Yeah. <laughs> you got to explain to the listeners where that's from. That's from he. Everyone knows that's from he. Well... It's from he. It's the bit with Al Pacino. <laughs> so, whilst this is happening, because the... The uh, the hotel is filling up with guests, filling up with people who do not like the Blues Brothers. Um, yeah, cops. You got everyone. Many people are there. The old boys are there with fucking paddles. Oh yeah, they got paddles. <laughs> That's the paddling. Yeah. Um, uh, Cab Calloway, uh, Curtis. Is Curtis, yeah. He's like, hey, this crowd's getting a bit rowdy. Shall we play? Oh, because the band are threatening to leave. Yeah. At that shall point. we play Mini the Moocher? And there are three moments in this movie that give me pure serotonin. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them um, is the final uh, shot of the movie where all of the guns are pointing at them and it transitions into Jailhouse Rock. Mm. One of them is when the Nazi car gets flung into the air and just falls for what seemingly feels like From forever. A and then my third and favourite serotonin moment is when Cab Calloway goes, hit it, turns around, the curtains open, and Minnie the Moocher comes on and the set's change and he's in a white outfit. And it is, it makes me so happy. It's just the tra- this, how smooth the transition is is incredible, and he re-recorded the song for for this movie, and it's just 
you can just tell the extras who are actually in the audience are having a fantastic time. Yeah. Like, they're really just loving it. I would be, like, in awe. It's <laughs> it, the, the, the costuming, the set design, everything about that moment they're is They're like, just we are beautiful. putting respect on this man's name. Like, yeah. this guy, we're giving him a musical number. We can't have him not in the movie without a musical number. Let's give him something like And it's, it's I love as well when the music number ends, he's still in just his normal black suit and the mm-hmm. stage is still the same thing but it shows how Calloway transformed the stage and like that image of him in his prime like it's just a beautiful tribute mm-hmm. and him lending his magic to this film as with all the other musicians involved you know it's just it, I, I had to sit back and think at some points like how the hell did this thing get made how like, did they what, get this many like, names how, <laughs> how did this start out what Caught, what what how did they get on a path to where before this movie even made the blues brothers became massive and then you get to the point where this becomes like an absolutely gigantic movie and everyone's there and then you also have this amazing tribute to these musicians in it mm-hmm. it's just it's incredible um i have nothing else really to say about that scene because it's like it leaves me speechless. There is an incredible. There's the incredible bit where they time them sneaking into the hotel with the music. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> or they're like trying to sneak in because there's like like twenty police cars. Oh yeah, outside the and hotel. they've they've super glued the good old boys with a bago. This is, it's one of my favourite line reads in this movie. This is glue. Strong stuff. I'm like, yeah, I could tell it was glue, Elwood. It's the same thing as Wally Coyote lifting up the Acme, like, the Acme device logo. to the There's screen. There's also a great, another great little El- Elwood bit where he, like, goes to punch a window. He gets down and goes, yes. and just punches it. And then there's also a great read where they go through that window and they've broken into the women's bathrooms and they go, good evening, ladies, as they, like, walk through. There's some great Dan Aykroyd reads in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's great. And Belushi's wonderful as well. Yeah. I would say the only thing with with Aykroyd is that you can tell he's more clearly putting on a thick accent, like a Mm -hmm. thick Chicago accent, whereas Belushi doesn't really do that. It's kind Mm -hmm. of his normal voice, because I believe he is from Illinois. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but with with Elwood, it's very exaggerated. It's fully like, the cat, you know? Cap, motor, cap, cap, suspension, cap, cap. Um, but yeah, so this leads them to getting onto the stage, finally. Mm-hmm. They have a great introduction where, you know, they're talking about... Coming on from a three-year tour oh, in Europe, Scandinavia. And the subcontinent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please welcome the Blues Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of like that brief pause, and then, um, you know... Elwood does that great introduction where it's just like, you know, good evening to all the members of the law enforcement community yeah. <laughs> here in Chicago right now and everyone. And um, the music starts well, and then we get everybody, mm-hmm. which is just fantastic. I, the bit where, like, you know, <laughs> Belushi had such a great voice, but it's also the, the bit that really gets me going in this sequence is that first bit where Elwood leans in with the harmonica. Yeah. Like, Ackroy is bossing the stage. Mm-hmm. He's moving around his legs everywhere. And they when are. he brings in the, the harmonica, it's like, sometimes I, I feel a little sad Yeah, because both oh. of them aren't necessarily, like, they're not, like, I guess they're, like, av- like a bit larger than average build. Like, they're mm. not trained dancers. They're not, um, you know, the 
that's not their forte. They're ultimately they're comedians and they do physical comedy. But there's, there's, a, but there's a scene earlier where John Belushi like literally throws himself down the stairs in a, yes. in a chair. Um, but they like fully commit. They like like well, they have been doing tours for several years at this point. Yeah, as well. and some of the, the you know there's bits where you can clearly tell like some of the backflipping and stuff. That's obviously not <laughs> that's obviously not Belushi. Um, but they keep up the pace and they have some fun footwork that they do um, in 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 the movie. Um, and yeah, like. Aykroyd like owns like definitely owns the stage like the way he like runs around whilst Belushi's just I mean Belushi's voice is insane man mm-hmm. like it's that that to me it will always be the definitive version of that song mm-hmm. it's just absolutely fucking out of this world levels of good uh, the only the only downside to that entire scene really is that they have to follow it up with another number which is still good but it's not as like where it's Sweet like home Chicago. where they use it to get away sneakily escape and you're kind of like oh I would feel really ripped off if, I, only, number. if I saw to be fair, it was, two and a half numbers they were the best two and a half minutes of my life yeah. <laughs> so good that her agent was like here's 10k in advance, in advance payment yes yes defo so yeah they use uh, they escape out through like a, a little bit on, hatch, on, yeah. and they go down into the sewer uh, they now have the money. They have pay. the money. Yeah, and then they come face to face with old Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. who wielding, standing there, both of them lying in the dirt while she's wielding an M sixteen over them, might be one of the sexiest things ever put on the screen. Um, and you've got finally the explanation for why she's been hunting them down this entire time, and it is because. Al, uh, fucking uh, Jake left him at, at the cathedral, at the altar, yeah. and she was there saying, "I stayed celibate for you." <laughs> and this whole time, Elle was in the like in like the the gunk in the sewers, just like, "Oi, babe!" <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then obviously Belushi, you know, works the courage, and he's like. Trying to give her different excuses, like I was in a horrible flood, locusts, <laughs> locusts. <laughs> And then he finally just looks up and just Whips takes off those glasses. And you know what? It does work. I would. I would forgive. <laughs> I would forgive. Him. I would. I would as well. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful eyes. Beautiful eyes. Yeah. Beautiful face. Um, just a great performance in that like, moment. Oh, Jake. And they kiss, muddied, and then he just drops. <laughs> Let's roll. He just drops it like a sack of bricks. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then we get obviously the best quote in the film. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> and they and then they drive off, and then obviously the, the Blues Brothers, Blues Mobile speaker thing at the top, that comes off. Everyone starts every, shooting. Every single person is chasing down the Blues Brothers. And now, yeah, they've got to make it to Chicago. And then we have the most incredible chase sequence. Stop it. You know, you know, people are like, oh, the Dark Knight and Batman. Big, the Dark Knight made such great use of Chicago. That chase scene and everything, that's so great. You thought nah. that van chase down in, in that one underpass of Chicago was cool. Nah, Blues Brothers did it first, mate. Yeah. Blues Brothers did it exactly. first. Exactly. <laughs> With 20 police cars it crashing into And each tanks other. and and army and jeeps horse. and Nazis and horses. Mm-hmm. You got everything you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just the set piece here is just fucking great. They're leading them all through it, and like the the the, the car chases are compelling. Like they're shot really well. They're entertaining to watch. They're gripping. There's a great bit where one of the cop cars that has John Candy in like flies off and hits into a truck, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, fellas, uh, what car? What car are we in? Five, five. All right." Uh, car 55 <laughs> we're in a truck 
<laughs> I love I love John Candy in this movie because he's so fully in on the joke. His mm. character, like his character, is there pursuing them, but he's always got a smile on his face because mm. he knows it's a big load of bullshit. Oh, they're, they're they're like waiting for them to appear on stage at the concert, and he's like. Orange whip, orange whip, orange whip. Yeah. And he's just there, like, having a great time. Yeah. And he, they, can't, they catch eyes at one point, and he, like, waves. And yeah. then Lewis Brothers, like, I'm gonna get you, little shit. Yeah. He's having a great time. I love oh, John Candy as well. What a dude. Um, we lose too many brilliant comedians. Um, just, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we have this amazing chase sequence, which then evolves into the, you know, the Nazis going after them, and they have to outrun the Nazis, which leads to the great bit where... They lead him off the freeway. Then he does a reverse in the bluesmobile. Then the bluesmobile does a backwards flip. <laughs> Meanwhile, the nasty car flies off. And then we get another shot of where they clearly just... <laughs> run with Alcris, yeah. And then clearly they've gotten a helicopter and just like, dropped the, the, this car. The height of the freeway is so lower than what this, the, the height this car <laughs> drops from. It drops from like a skyscraper level. I swear you know, that the freeway is not that low. Oh, no, no, no. Clearly it's meant to be. It's purposely... Yeah, it's, it's, it's yes. done that way. So it's fully Looney Tunes. And they're just like, they're not even moving in the car. They turn to each other and just go, I've always loved you. <laughs> and then they just, wow! Yeah. Just all the way it's, down. Like, you can tell if they try to do a movie. I mean, this movie can, like, th- no one would have the skill or talent to make this today. I really don't think so. Because if they tried doing these chase sequences again, none of it would have been real. They would have filmed it in some fucking screen somewhere. Yeah. And from that final bit where the car goes off the freeway, they would have just had a car go off the freeway. Yeah. They wouldn't have done the thing, okay, so the car goes off the freeway and the booster field does a backflip and then what we're going to do is we're going to have a separate shot where we've lifted this car <laughs> with a helicopter and we've dropped it from like 300 feet and then it's, we're going to watch it go all the way down. Because um, everyone would have been like, well, that doesn't make sense. And it's just that, that absurdist level of humor, which I love of comedies from this era. You couldn't make this today because people are too sensitive to... Um, Cars being dropped from perilous heights. too sensitive heights. To, to blues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after that point, you get the, the, the SWAT teams and the army coming in doing their... Hut, hut, that that hut, is a great hut, running hut, bit. Hut, hut, There's hut. a bit where a guy's like coming down on a wire. Like, oh, he's um, rappelling and he's, down. And, and he's by himself and he's going... Hut, 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 to himself. Hut, hut, hut. And then also the guys, you know, doing the, the, the belly crawl. Yeah, like. yeah. So they break into the office. The Blues Mobile finally just immediately oh, collapses. and they mourn it. They take off their hats and you're like, oh, R.I.P. Blues Mobile. Yeah. They, uh, they go in, they barricade the door. They're running Each up door. to the office. They go through every door. They, they, they casually take the elevator up to the um, 11th floor and all the other guys can't take it to the old... Russian is a great bit. By the way, there are like 300 extras yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, there's loads. They break in and they go, excuse me, have you seen um, two men like in suits uh, coming here before? Yeah, they went up to, to the 11th floor. Thank you. Ah! <laughs> they all start charging in. Yeah, hundreds of extras yeah. like in this scene. And also that great bit with the with the thing where it's like the use of unnecessary violence in apprehending the Blues Brothers has been authorised. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get all the way to the top and then what happens? The guy, the uh, the... Like the bureaucrat they're meant to talk to, old Steven Spielberg yeah, himself. Back in five minutes. Back in five minutes. They gotta wait for him to come back and then they finally get in and they pick him up and take him onto the mm-hmm. table, hand him the money, and they do it just in time. And then you have that great it's, shot. It's on a, my, yeah, my probably second favorite part of the movie is where you have this incredible shot where they, Steven Spielberg, as we now know, stamps the check to say it's been authorized. You hear the uh, ch yeah. And they turn around and there's all these guns pointing at them and you hear this, the, first couple notes of jailhouse rock and it cuts to them in prison playing it in the in like the food hall and it is 
So good. So I feel bad for all the other bandmates also getting arrested. Accomplices. Poor, poor Aretha Franklin is is now uh, prison is, wife. Is now prison wife. Yeah, she's like if they all. She's I, gonna be smuggling in garlic bread and garlic. Yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's uh, all the other bandmates get arrested too. I guess for a comp for being accomplices to. They won't crimes. be in there for long. Not as long as those. It's those a Looney Tunes two. prison anyway. Well, yeah, but not that not that it should necessarily be classed as canon because I know it's incredibly bad. But Blues Brothers two thousand is it not? Is, do they have it in there where Jake like died in prison and like Elwood has just gone out? I've never seen that movie. I don't it's intend very not to. Good. Um, yeah. It makes me upset because I love John Goodman mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, I don't plan on watching that movie. I don't. But they know definitely. About I feel it. like they write it into the sequel that they are in prison for a very long time. Right. because of their I mean, multiple crimes. I guess that's funny in its own way, but it's. I think this is like, even though they're in prison, it's kind of a funny note to end on because it's just like, oh, they're back in jail, but they did a good thing, you know? It's all about that whole... And this is the thing that I think is great about the Blues Brothers because it's so silly at times, but throughout throughout all of it, there is this, this incredibly charming affection and reverence for music mm-hmm. and, you know, that Jailhouse Rock bit, that kind of like music will carry you through anything... Like that idea the of the prisoners like, are there on the tables, like Woo! yeah, like they're <laughs> in prison, but it's like this thing just represents everything that we can. I'm doing a very bad job of explaining this, but you know how music how, feeds the soul. Yeah, like what what music means to all of us and what it can do to us, how it can uplift us, how it can make us romantic, how it can make us excited. You know, it it encompasses all those different facets of the form. Um, and then just, you know, even they, they did them, they, they accomplished their mission. They're in jail, but who the fuck cares? Cause they can still play the music. As long as they have music, they have freedom. You know, it's, uh, I love that. Mm. It's, it's. Because true. He, he, um, Elwood lied to him in his prison letters saying, oh yeah, the band's still together. And mm-hmm. he was like, I will. I thought he's like, no, I didn't lie to you. I just bullshitted you. No. Yeah. Um, because the, the only thing that was keeping Jake going through prison was coming back out and doing music. So I guess it did, I, I never thought of that in that way, that now they're back in prison, that they have they're their together. music. They have yeah, each they other. Have their music, yeah. And this isn't me saying prisons are good, by the way. Fuck prisons. But like in the context of the specific Blues Brothers <laughs> story. If a prison let the prisoners play music for the musical... <laughs> For the food hall, I would approve of prisons. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the boost. But we have that great kind of obviously the end credits as well, where you you have the showing off all the guests, showing off all the guests and everyone, and um, yeah, just it's it's the yeah, just great. I love it. Blues Brothers, one of my favorite movies of all time, um, and it's one that yeah, like you said earlier, my parents really did love weirdly never showed it to me so i had to watch it myself and then when i did i was like wow this is like the best thing ever yeah i love the blues but this probably my top 10 yeah i think um the comedy will not hit for everyone i think it is a very specific deadpan dry sense of humor with a lot of wild um, national lampoon, that kind of national, national lamp- lampoonery, national lampoonery of like really wild stuff happening out of nowhere. Um, so that and that's not for everyone's taste. Like I can, I can, I love it. I, I can, I can see that it doesn't always hit for, for <laughs> me. Uh, but it's de- if you like aren't sure about watching this, watch it for the musical numbers because it is made with such like reverence for the for the art form. Really, um, it comes down to the fact that Belushi and Aykroyd had such a like they they loved this mm-hmm. stuff. Like this was a movie that was clearly made with a whole host of affection and love, and it's just yeah, like it. R.I.P. Belushi because mm-hmm. it's just 
beautiful. Um, I love his performance in this film. I love the chemistry that I have. We watched that little bonus feature on the the disc yesterday, uh, the other day, where it was going into their relationship from SNL and how they took road trips together and like formed the kind of Jake and Elwood bond like over the course of that and stuff. And yeah, just um, yeah, could have had a really incredible career if he wasn't gone gone yeah, too soon. Yeah, it's a massive shame. Um, but the movie itself, you know, what a legacy. Mm-hmm. even if it was just this on its own it's an incredible legacy but to mm-hmm. then have that you know the snl stuff animal house stuff like that it's uh it's amazing um but yeah this this has been a little chat in the mood for this unless you have anything else to no i have no more puns left in me you put me on the spot there i could have thought of a joke could have thought of a quip yeah but alas i am bluesed out bluesed out yeah yeah cool yeah <laughs> this has been the we love dad movies podcast i hope you all enjoyed listening to us continue the summer vibe season with the Blues Brothers, which is one of my favourite movies of all time. And yeah, this is a movie that Zan likes. Just every movie that we talk about on here, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Have we actually done one where you've been like, I love that movie? Mm, ooh. Have we ever done a five-star movie? For, 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 for me? You? Yeah. God, I don't think so, no. Okay, that's my mission for the remainder of the year, all is right, to try okay, and try okay. and get that. But yeah, this has been We Love Dad Movies. Thank you all for listening. Before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to our patrons. Thank you to Christopher Darby, George Jackson, Thomas Mulgrew, Shaka, and Josh Brown. Remember, if you want to go support the podcast, you can do so. We are on Patreon at We Love Dad Movies. Please be sure to follow the Twitter account too. We're there at We Love Dad Movies. I still haven't abandoned the, the Musk ship because there are too many social media pages as there is. And no threads just yet. No, no, no threads. No thre- <laughs> threads to me will always be that terrifying nuclear apocalypse movie. um and yeah you can follow me on twitter if you want to at ewan ruins things and i'm also on letterboxd at ewan patterson uh zan you're just in the perpetual bluesmobile i'm in the perpetual bluesmobile um but depending when this episode comes out um do you support the uh the the screen actors guild strikes and the writers strikes please i mean yeah fuck the studios man um but yeah this has been wheel of dad movies um we're gonna continue some of vibes next week i've got a few more things to come up i'm really excited to, to go into um including the rock and also lethal weapon 2 and a few other things as well that i need to decide on but yeah thank you all for listening we won't, we won't take up any more of your time and we'll see you next time bye Everybody needs a podcast. Everybody needs a podcast to listen to. Goodbye, everyone.